0: Kind of coincidentally to this one, Clay, I'd been um I've been watching a lot of or not watching, but I've been on Wikipedia, uh recently, and I stumbled down the rabbit hole of people whose last known appearance is caught on videotape, like security oh, camera footage. Sure, sure. So I was looking at a lot of those, and that even before we uh, watched this episode, the thirty sevens that we're going to talk about, I was just kind of I was really fascinated by uh, disappearing people cases. And then boom, Mm. Amelia Earhart pops into this one. So I was wondering if you had any, Coincidence. uh, (laughs) since I think not, uh, so maybe in all the other pods of this one, are all the missing people who are on those closed circuit videotapes that I was looking at and stuff like that. But, um, I I was just wondering if you had any favorites. I have a couple from the, uh, the, the closed TV thing. There's uh, a guy named Brian Schaefer who I think was in like Chicago or Cleveland or something, Mm. he was a medical student in the early 2000s, I think like 2004 or something, went out to a nightclub with his friends while he was in medical school. And he's on camera going into the club and sort of walking around. And then the last footage of him is he's outside the club and he's talking to two women Late in the in like around two o'clock in the morning. And then they leave and he goes back into the bar and he was never seen again after that Holy There's, shit. there's no footage of him leaving the bar again at that point. Mm-hmm. His friends didn't know what happened to him. It's still a like a totally unknown mystery, unknown quantity what happened to him. And then the other one I just I actually read a true crime book about called True Crime Addict, which was fucking awful. It was a terrible book, but it was about the case <laughs> of um more uh more uh Ah, uh, the missing girl from UMass who disappeared when I was going there. More, her name's like more, uh, more mini or something like that. But she mm. was driving up in New Hampshire and got into a car accident. And, uh, the last person to see her was just her waiting outside of her car for the cops. And no one's ever sure what happened to her after that. There were no footprints in the snow leaving the car just disappeared. And she was never seen again at that That's point, wild. In a really remote part of New Hampshire where like they, uh, time the roads on a normal day. And it's something like three cars go by in an hour on this stretch of road. So it's strange oh, sure. that uh, anything might've happened, but what do you have? Do you have any favorite disappearing people cases?
1: Uh, disappear I mean, it's, it's an easy one, but I've always been kind of fascinated by the Jimmy Hoffa story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because like, I feel like there's a lot of people who know what happened to him, but nobody knows what happened to him. Martin Scorsese know I mean. knows what happened to him. Yeah, apparently. Um, i i've uh it's not really a missing person story but um the story of that that girl in the hotel who ended up in the water tank
0: yeah the l a hotel yeah, it, yeah that
1: is freaky as hell i i think i think they might have at this point uh solved that or or
0: just went crazy taken, yeah
1: taken some of the mystery away from it but man that's if you see that video of her in the in the uh the elevator and yep. then find out how they found her in like a sealed tank it's very very creepy. Um, but I have also kind of, uh, uh, I feel like there's so few things left that occupy that sort of, um, I I don't want to say conspiracy theory because that's such a loaded term these days, but like the, the, the cryptid, uh, adjacent kind of space. Um, but the one that I do find pretty fascinating is how, there, how many people go missing in national parks every year? Yeah, yeah. It's like a crazy number, and it's just never talked about.
0: Mountain lions, just gobbling people up. Never Mountain lions, if, if you're lucky. <laughs>
1: but let me blow your mind here for a second. Mm. What if it's due to the interconnected series of tunnels that runs the entire north to south uh, stretch of the United States, <laughs> which is where, coincidentally, coincidence lines up With all sorts of different cryptid sightings, especially along the Appalachian Trail on the east coast Mm -hmm. or the east east side of the United States. Um, Lines up with a lot of cryptid sightings that all kind of are are similar looking like you've got your your Mothmans and your Jersey Devils and stuff like that. So everything the descriptions are surprisingly similar. And they're all within. Relative space, a relative uh, uh, distance from uh, this this uh, series of caves that they think might be underneath the United States. Yep. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say what I think that means. Maybe but, Brian uh, Schaefer's
0: down there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> maybe there's a um, there's a doc, quote unquote documentary on Amazon. It's like a five part show called Hellier. Yep. Which uh, is really interesting for about a half an hour. But it's five or six episodes that are all an hour long, and I think there is two seasons. And it was—I don't even think I finished the first season. It was so boring. Yeah. Um, but they were kind of like if you watch the first like first half of the first episode, you kind of get an idea of what what's going on, and it's it is it's pretty creepy. It's one of those things where it's like I am sure you know it's it's all just uh, speculative bullshit, but it is kind of freaky to think about. There are things like that still that are not. Um, completely debunked or explained which yep. i i find very fun well i mean not not the disappearing people part but you know what i mean yeah yeah well, i mean the- bermuda triangle i always love the bermuda, bermuda triangle yeah it's i, I of actually thought out of favor a little bit yeah now. i know yeah. nobody talks about the bermuda triangle anymore i when i when i was a kid way back when i was a kid in the 90s bermuda <laughs> was triangle all- <laughs> was everywhere on every one of those like sightings tv mm-hmm. shows or like on the uh uh the tabloid newspapers, Bermuda Triangle was like the the only thing more deadly than quicksand to me when, yeah. I, when I was a kid
0: <laughs> was the Bermuda
1: Triangle, and nobody talks about it anymore.
0: Yeah, certainly. Yeah, you can't hit any quicksand in the Bermuda Triangle, or you're just you're just doubly fucked. You're you're going straight yeah. to hell. I actually, at that point.
1: I actually thought this was this episode was going to be oh they're explaining the Bermuda Triangle, but it, it it's not. It's a different part. Uh, of
0: unfortunately, no. So this episode is. The 37s. It is the first episode of Voyager's second season. Came out on August 28th, 1995. Written by Jerry Taylor and Brennan Braga. Directed by James L. Conway. In-universe date is 48975.1, which is 2371. And this episode called The 37s, while investigating the origins of a 1936 Ford truck floating in space, Voyager discovers a 434-year-old Earth mystery on a distant planet. A little bit of... um, Behind the scenes trivia, this was originally scheduled, so the first couple episodes we have in second season of this show, Clay are were produced in the first season and held mm. back so that they could okay. have a quicker return to a second season. This was originally planned to be the first season's finale. okay. I th- so
1: I I feel like somebody on Discord mentioned that or said that they thought this was a would have been a better finale yep. than uh the first season so that's interesting to know that that was that was in the
0: in the cards Jumping off into whether or not it's better um I thought this was a weird episode. I d- Very weird. <laughs> I didn't yes. th- I don't think I liked this at all. Um but it got me it certainly got me thinking about like what this show is trying to do but th- to me this one felt like it was written by someone who had never watched Star Trek, but they think they know what Star Trek is and they don't (laughs) like it. That's what this episode (laughs) struck me as. It struck me as a real, um, just a real sort of mess about like what the hell is going on. A lot Uh, of stuff going on. Yeah, a lot of stuff down to the fact that it's one of those weird episodes where so much is going on. They're just like, you know, this is the time we're going to show Voyager land on a planet for no reason whatsoever. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the episode where we have to pull this sort of thing out. That'll buy us five minutes. I don't know. I just I just thought that this one felt like it almost. I I don't know if I would say that it felt like fan fiction, but it felt like a weird fanficky type idea that somehow got produced. And the the sense that someone who's not familiar with Star Trek, it does it in this like. Sort of strange parody way where they pick like a sort of weird choice in Amelia Earhart to explore, you know, and then mm-hmm. they act on it. They, they have this whole two thirds of it is like acting on this Amelia Earhart thing. And then it kind of gets into the point of the episode and it so badly undersells the point of the episode that you, yes. you're like, what the hell, what's going on at this? And how can this possibly be a season finale? So that's my my rambling thoughts at first. But what do you think about the 37s? Uh,
1: yeah, it's really, <clears throat> excuse me. It's really all over the place. Um, I I still think this show has yet to really tank one for me. Like even this one, it's like, I kind of, it's cozy enough that I I I, uh, I didn't um, dislike the experience of watching it. Yeah. Uh, but man, whew, this one screams. We got no money uh, to to do a show. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed the those rocks they were hiding behind, but anytime someone breathed on them, they would shake and move. <laughs> and uh, those costumes shit.
0: from the uh, the alien, the Velcro mask. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: And, and holy shit, when, when the crux of your episode ends up being um, how many of the crew are going to choose to stay on this utopia, and it's just like, <clears throat> come, let me show you our utopian city where humans have been living for hundreds of years in a uh, beautiful display of humanity yeah, and Garden what could of Eden. be. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. Wow, that city was great. <laughs> don't know if I could leave. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could ever leave that place. <laughs> Could you believe that play? I can't even describe it. It was so great. (laughs) Man, everyone's going to want to stay. I don't even... What are we going (laughs) to do about this?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's tough to to knock it down because like... Or it's hard to discuss it because, you know, the, the ideas are so broad that... When you get to the end, right, and maybe this is a bad place to go, but it's like off of that, you have to, you know, their whole whole buildup is like, this place is so great. The crew is just going to abandon us. And like, how are we going to get home? And this is all going to be terrible. And not a Mm. single person stays, you know, at the end. And it's like, well, what were you even teasing us about here? So um, maybe we shouldn't jump right into that at first. But I'll ask you, is it like... I understand what they were going for with Amelia Earhart, right? And because like, I don't think that this episode does anything with it, but it's definitely a Janeway goes, Hey, me and you, we have the same genitalia. There's something like in common here, (laughs) but they don't even really do anything with it beyond that fact. It's just the fact that this is a famous female character, not a character, but a famous female explorer, basically that Janeway runs into. And, I was just kind of shocked, and it it almost made it cartoonish that there was nothing more that Janeway could latch onto her uh, with Amelia Earhart or anything like that. Like they, yeah, it just took so long, and they didn't do anything with it, and it left it feeling like a, um, like an after-school special in a lot of ways. Like if if Amelia Earhart was played by a more famous actress, it almost would have made more sense to me that they're like, you know, we got. I don't know who the hell would have been appropriate at that point, but it's like this this week special guest star X plays Amelia Earhart, and you go, wow, they're really desperate for something. But it's it was so pointless, really. Janeway doesn't even have anything to say with her. There's no disagreement with Earhart. There's nothing. They don't even talk about exploring or anything. They just mention the fact that I'm a captain too. I'm an explorer, and she goes, oh, that's great. You like you inspired women everywhere to do these kinds of things, but there's no, you know. I don't know. Amelia Earhart just wants to stay on the alien planet. I guess that's the whole point of it.
1: Yeah, it's um, the beginning of it. Actually, is is uh, fairly Doctor Whoey. To an extent, like yeah. I could definitely yeah. see an episode of Doctor Who where the Tardis is spinning through space, and all of a sudden they hit something, and it's like it's a nineteen thirty seven Ford, yeah floating in space, and then they end up meeting a Mamelia <laughs> Earhart <laughs> who's been frozen in carbonite <laughs> for four hundred years. Like that, it, that feels very Doctor Who to me. But yeah, like there's the um <clears throat> usually on Doctor Who when they would do something like that, there would be some sort of point to, uh, the interaction between Amelia Earhart and either the doctor, usually, um, the, the, uh, companion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they don't really do anything like that. There's so much crap going on in this and the, the focus is everywhere that they don't even really get a chance to do anything with it. Um, like I, I, it is it is a weird thing because because uh, yeah Amelia Ear- Earhart is this um, uh, famous symbol of of, uh, of achievement and everything and 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 opening the doors for women to do stuff, but at the same time she also kind of bricked it. yeah (laughs) (laughs) so it's like i like that's kind of something you could play with but i mean obviously they take that off the board because they explain that she was abducted by aliens which sure
0: i thought that was actually the best part which was that out of all the the theories of what happened to her the craziest one is the one that happens in the star trek universe yeah yeah but like you know
1: I, i yeah i i really do think obviously because of the way that they set this up, where they have to land the they have to land Voyager and they can't use the transporters because of the whatever the fuck is in the atmosphere. And yeah, they can't bring the shuttlecrafts down and all that kind of crap. You can't do this, but I feel like you're really missing the opportunity to put Amelia Earhart in a fucking spaceship. (laughs) You know, you know, like I same thing I said about generations. You're really missing the opportunity to put Kirk on the bridge of the Enterprise D. How do you not build your movie around just that? Yeah, and this is a situation where it's like, yeah, you know, there's there's a lot that you could get into as far as uh, how far how air air travel led the way to space travel and like what does that mean to her like how does that reality affect her um you know if jane way is a is a big amelia earhart stan and she actually meets yeah. this person and finds out that oh she's she's just a, a normal person who has the same sort of uh, um self-confidence issues or or et cetera, t- whatever you want to do with it like i yeah. i feel like there's plenty of there you could do <clears throat> but that gets sidelined first off by uh, Tackleberry from Police Academy playing the same character, just a gun obsessed <laughs> nut. Um, <laughs> Why is her navigator wearing a suit? Cause it was the 30s, man. You wore suits. For, did you ever? Have you ever seen? You should look up pictures of illustrators and like cartoonists yeah. from the, the, the 40s and the 50s. 40. They're all there, standing in their in their studio, painting with oil paints with like full suits on. <laughs> I, maybe those are just uh, maybe those are just publicity photos, and they actually do it in their underwear like everybody else does. But this guy was uh, flying a plane really in his suit. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You got You got to do it. Mm, all right. You got to look good for when you touch down. <laughs> um, but like that that whole thing took up way too much time and didn't go anywhere you know yeah they, they time better spent doing something else and then once you find out about Shangri-La being just you know 50 50 yards away or whatever yep. um that becomes the focus of the episode which has nothing to do with Amelia Earhart and you're in this kind of pickle where it's like well you can't I was kind of hoping they'd bring her along frankly I was like, that would be an amazing oh. addition to this cast. Yeah, you just added Amelia Earhart as <laughs> one of the characters.
0: <laughs>
1: she's just like she's just on the ship
0: now. That's the that's um, the uh, the close the the series finale is just Amelia Earhart stepping back onto Earth and everyone going, my God, Amelia Earhart, she made it all this way back. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? But
1: you know, like they don't, it doesn't it play into anything. And at the end, she's like, yeah, you know, this is pretty good. I think I'll stay here. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah 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 it's um i i think they i i don't know it's it's almost a tale of two episodes because i like the second half conundrum quite a bit it's like that's the only part that's actually interesting to me and i think it ties into what they've tried to do you know i think we talked about in eye of the needle the romulan episode where they they find the romulan 20 years in the past like we talked in that one about how shouldn't somebody on the crew be like, I'd rather go back home 20 years in the past and just be home at that point, and I think that yeah. that would work? I um, like, I, I just think that the, the setup here, which is that we found humanity, which, you know, in in my best case, doesn't really need Amelia Earhart to sell you that this is the no, best place you've ever been. No. So w- when they showed up at this place and they have all these good discussions about who wants to stay, and then the crew can have more discussions about like, whether or not this journey is what they want to do, or if they just want to stay with these humans and that'll be good enough and, and all that stuff, that's good to me. Like that's a better focus on it. But the the the, the key problem here is that they they just spend seventy five percent of the time on the Earhart story, and it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't add up to anything. Unfortunately, it's just completely. I got um. It made me start wondering about the tone. This was the, probably the first Enterprise episode that I couldn't even really put my finger on why I felt this way. But I went, "This feels like the people who made Enterprise." At this point, <laughs> I don't, I don't know why. I can't sp- specifically say anything that felt that way. It was kind of the general pointlessness and i also really felt it on the final shot because i feel like a lot of enterprise episodes ended with the aliens waving at the shuttle as it (laughs) as it flew off do you remember that at all i don't
1: specifically but it does make sense yes
0: i feel like 35 percent of enterprise episodes ended that way with the shuttle flying off and people like waving goodbye to it and there's something um there's something strangely disconnected when the show does that in a way that, like, that never happens in TNG and DS9, as I was thinking about it. Like, that's just not a feeling that those shows ever ended you ended with. But there's yeah. a distinct tone that's in Enterprise, and I'm starting to see it in Voyager, where I don't even know how I would describe that sort of a thing. It feels, like, flippant or, like, silly kind of at the end to wrap things up that way. And I, I, I don't know if it... If it holds things uh, going forward, if things are going to change, but it certainly reminded me of Enterprise in a lot of not particularly good ways. Well, do you think it's? <clears throat> excuse me. Do you think it's
1: just down to the fact that they don't beam up at the end? Because I feel like oh, plenty of TNG and G episodes end with them just beaming up back to the ship or whatever, with everybody standing around. But That's
0: true. Maybe it is just the shuttle, the the or yeah. the the, the uh, Voyagers in this one, but it is the, the lack of transporters. Could be. It's a good point. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think the biggest. <sighs> The biggest problem with this is if if you are going to have a story where the core conundrum is, wow, this place is amazing. What if we just stayed here? How many people do you think you're going to stay? You got to show the place. Right. Yeah. You have to like – like this – you very easily could have had this entire episode just be, oh shit, we found an M class planet where it's a bunch of humans hanging around because they got zapped here by you. Like what the fucking discovery episode with where they where they have to the oh, church, Eden. Yeah. Eden. yeah, 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 <clears throat> like that kind of thing. Where it's like, oh yeah, okay, it was, for for whatever reason, humans are here, sure. Um, and you know, you have your little conflict at the beginning, get that out of the way quickly, and then uh, like. You can have it so someone, either Janeway or Paris or someone, keeps is waiting for the other shoe to drop, being like, "All right, so when is this going to turn out that they are cannibals or like every yeah. year they they pick a child who will be sacrificed to their god or something like?" Yeah, when, but it never comes, and it's legitimately sorry, legitimately great, and then so you're stuck with this p- problem where it's like, well do we go home or do we stay here that's a for this show specifically that's a pretty interesting problem yeah Yeah. but it doesn't work if you don't spend any time at the place and all you have is just like everybody looking off screen going wow look at it Mm. (laughs) look at those buildings (laughs) can you believe is that a is that oh I got it is (laughs) man i haven't seen one of those in forever
0: (laughs) damn gonna be tough to leave this behind guys (laughs) It's true. It's because I mean, they, the way they sell it, you almost expect that, you know, it can't happen because the episode's running out of time, but you, there's almost this pull for Janeway as a character when she runs into this place to be like, the real conflict here is that do I tell people how good it is here? You know, yeah. like, do I even yeah. let the crew know that this would be a great place to live or do I just keep it to myself? And, I honestly think i would have preferred like i think that's more interesting on janeway's part if she never tells people about what this place is and she just takes them home and stuff like that but again it was it it was a weird mishmash dealing with this stuff is only in the last 10 minutes of whatever the show is supposed to be and it's strange even that they button it up that way
1: yeah i i do think that's the most interesting part is her grappling with whether or not she should tell everybody how cool it is right um and you know so like yeah the the last sorry excuse me jeez my my throat is just still all craggy no worries um like the last few minutes there where they are debating like they they do they do all of like the important stuff off screen because she mentions that they don't show you the place and then uh she mentions the thing about um well, she says to Chicote, tell the crew that I'm go- there's going to be a, an announcement at 1500 hours or whatever. And yep. then they just cut to after the announcement everyone's like, "Man, that announcement was pretty crazy, huh?" <laughs> what, what do you th- what do you think you're going to do? And they're like, "I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen the place. I'm not really sure." It hurts cool though. <laughs> she, She's I glowing think, about it. I mean, I I could tell from her voice. I think she was underselling it a bit. <laughs> so, it's probably even better than she made it sound, which honestly was pretty good.
0: <laughs> the, um, the and after, um, <laughs> some of them are, are more inclined to stay there. I think, especially like the the thirty seven, um, the the Japanese soldier who Neelix came over and gave him like he pulled his eyes and basically was like, "You lucky like rice Japanese man." <laughs> <laughs> guy's like I think I think I'll stay on the planet here. Actually, people. Talk- <laughs> Don't talk to me. Yeah, yeah. He was uh,
1: uh, he was one <laughs> ill-advised, uh, <laughs> ill-advised voice <laughs> accent away from uh, possibly getting sliced
0: by that Japanese you soldier. Did everything he could there, just like a, a steaming bowl of rice. Uh, and like, I, it, it's I'm a-
1: sorry. I, di- I didn't. I didn't have any any fish because I know you really like fish. But I did find. <laughs> I did find a karate gi and a DVD of <laughs> Sailor Moon. <laughs> which I think
0: you'll I think you'll love. I will stay on this planet forever. <laughs> yeah. Th- there was, a weird, it was a weird 37 crew. Even the whole I don't know, like the setup like the the we, they don't even really get into it, but the setup of the planet is bananas, too, where you know they get abducted by aliens. They, the aliens that abduct them build like a slave encampment thing where they, they breed them or whatever and work them. They mm-hmm. free some of them and then their progeny like rise up and kill the alien stuff, you know. And they, they for some reason, there's only one ship and they can't use the technology because they destroyed that ship or whatever to get to get back home. Mm-hmm. And then they become a peaceful Earth society just way off in the distance somehow and develop into it it's this whole crazy um cause and effect like timeline stuff that they they don't have any time to get into but it's it's sort of bonkers what they actually did you know ultimately culminating in what we've been laughing about the whole time is that this garden of eden city that they never actually look at but it was like uh it was such an up and down journey for those people and including you know freezing the 37s, revering them as gods and stuff like that. Mm. It it's just, it, it all felt to me, it just, it, it's just my point again. The reason it didn't sit well for me is that it felt like someone who was not familiar with Star Trek, but maybe what you're saying is more like a Doctor Who kind of a fan or something. Yeah. It, it really had that tone to it, which was surprising because Braga and Jerry Taylor wrote it and they're not unfamiliar with it, but it was a, a distinct difference, I thought, anyway.
1: Yeah, I was very I was very confused by um, when Janeway was like, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's they've managed to create a utopia just like we have on Earth. And I was like, man, they they really uh, introduced these guys as though they're ready to fucking throw down any, yeah. like they're a, a very warfaring race. Uh, because of this alien race that dropped them there and they're like yeah we had to slaughter all of those aliens (laughs) but then they're but then at the same time they're like the aliens have never come back no they never came back so uh, they're like
0: super militants about something that's never been a threat (laughs)
1: yeah yeah like i was i was waiting for some kind of like conflict coming out of that stuff which feels pretty stock for star trek you know uh, that that idea but no it's just actually actually no everybody's pretty cool um, they got you know they were they just overreacted a bit because they haven't seen aliens in a really long time and you know they, they yeah. want to ruin the the giant chocolate fountain they have at City Hall. <laughs> <laughs> if you live here, if with your ID, you get a lifetime supply of graham crackers that you can use in the chocolate fountain at City Hall. It's fantastic.
0: It's that uh, my kids love that song. Um, uh, was that the Great Candy Mountain song? Do you know that that old? country folk song um i think i would know it if i heard it but i don't I can't yeah it's like it. where the hung the turk who invented work is big rock big rock candy mountain big rock candy mountain it's that kind of thing it's like okay. everything's perfect in this little world and i imagine that's what the song is that plays i was well, say, everything's not everything is perfect for the people from turkey Apparently, no no well, the, that was when it was acceptable to just insert uh, some casual racism much like the bowl <laughs> of rice in this episode was yeah. something that's okay to do um yeah, I was going to say that their their weapons were even fairly ineffective because they shot the 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 co pilot or whatever. But that was actually my, um, you know, I didn't really like the episode, but I really liked that scene for some reason where he's in sick bay thinking he's going to die because he's got this huge hole in his chest, while the doctor is very calm and treating it as though he just sort of sprained his leg while he's in yeah. there. And he's like, yeah. I, I thought that I thought that I thought that was funny, and I thought the doctor's reaction was funny, but it was another thing of like it's another useless story plot where the navigator announces that he's in love with Amelia Earhart and it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything for the story. It doesn't propel the narrative forward. There's no turn that's revealed through all that stuff. It's just played for that scenes, like the scene itself. And I thought it was funny, but it's another, just another example of how sort of scattershot this one is.
1: Yeah. And then when he's, when he's all better, he's like actually, uh, Forget I said all that stuff. She's like, yeah, no problem.
0: Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. All right. They're not going back to work. You know, they're, they're not going yeah, back I on the plane. I don't, I don't know what the need for protocol is. Uh. He
1: just found out that there's a utopian city full of hot humans. Yeah. He's not going to settle down with Amelia Earhart. No. No. Absolutely. He was. Not. He, he knows what she's like at
0: thirty thousand feet. <laughs> Same with him. He's been sitting behind her for, for days. At that point, yeah. Not necessary. Yeah. Um anything else about this one really um it's i uh sorry the one
1: one small detail that i thought was really funny is when janeway is is trying to explain to them that they're from space and uh she goes to to show that kess has weird ears she like manhandles kess like she's a fucking dog (laughs) but she like grabs her by the jowls and then like Wipes the hair <laughs> off of her head to show where her ears have been clipped or something. It's very strange.
0: Yep, and she's a tough alien. There's no, um, I guess, Belana would be the alien that you'd bring on just to make obvious that this is an alien that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't mm-hmm. have um, Voyager doesn't have an extreme alien on it, really. Like war for well, Oh, Neelix. I guess Neelix should have been the case. Yeah, but he was he was busy. Um, anything else about the? Like what do you what do you think about the the fact that no one left at the end? What like what is what's being So the the production team was saying that their their whole thing was the point of this was to have an episode where it kind of resolves the people complaining about missing home. That was like the explicit intent of this ending to have the characters stop sort of moping about, in in Braga's words, I think he called them like whining and moping about not being able to get home, and that this was going to be the episode that showed that they're a cohesive unit at this point in a a way to kind of like shed the Maquis stuff too. He
1: does realize that he's... The thing he's complaining about is like the core of the show, right?
0: That's what's strange about it, and it's I think it's an early insight into how Braga's mind works a little bit. Mm -hmm. I, I just think that... um. I think it's the only interesting thing to do is have a couple people stay. Really, um, I don't know how you how how you deal with this long term, where the ship is like in in my best case scenario, the ship is slowly losing crew members every ever every episode, and you're like running out of people yeah. who can man the buttons and stuff like that. But you know, it's. I, I can see I can see an argument for an episode where Janeway and Chakotay are le- like legitimately holding back tears touched by no one is abandoning them at that point. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. this episode didn't feel like the one to do that because it didn't feel like the conflict was strong enough where you would really feel that the crew would band together and stick together and do something as a unit. And I thought it was just comical for them to go in and literally no one is there. And it's like... Yeah. I don't know. It was it was strange. What what did you think about it? Like, does the show need to have people leaving staying behind? Does it have to do something else? Does it just avoid this idea at all costs? Well, it's just amazing nobody
1: stayed behind after the description of that giant water park that they have.
0: <laughs> Maybe no. that's where that everyone was and they didn't even get the message <laughs> that there was supposed to be a meeting. <laughs> Tricked them. Uh
1: well, okay. So <clears throat> I I <sighs> Given this episode, the way that it plays, it's it's tough because like this episode ultimately really means nothing, right? Like yeah. there's there's yeah. no consequences to anything, um, and I think you could have had consequences. Like if if you if they were going to do what you're saying, which is like which is actually a really interesting idea, which is they keep losing crew members, yeah. You know, you don't have to lose a bunch of them, but like every now and then, oh, one of them gets killed. Oh shit! Okay, now you go to this place. Up, two of them are going to stay behind. Okay, all right. Well, you know, we still have you know, because they're not worried about finding fuel anymore. No, right. (laughs) So it's 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 more interesting if they have the fuel, but they don't have the bodies to operate the ship. Yes, that's like that being a possibility. So then you have to keep the crew together. You have to maintain this cohesive
0: thing. It's an interestingly small crew too you know compared to like the enterprise it's like a tenth of the enterprise's crew yeah so like
1: if you wanted to sell this ending the way that they're trying to sell this ending i think what you have to do is the beginning of your show forget the amelia hart stuff the beginning of the show has to be voyager just barely survived a fucking nasty battle and like maybe two people got killed or something and they are in a bad way and they end up they have to bring the, the the Voyager down onto this place, onto this planet. To it's the only way they can get away because the people who are chasing them can't get through the clouds or some shit. Yeah, and uh, they're all at their wit's end. They're all uh, frayed and 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 uh, and angry at each other. And then they discover this city, this utopian city of humans, where it's like you know. It's the it's the, the version of uh, the version of the the Simpsons present where everybody's got snake tongues, where it's like yeah, it's you know, close <laughs> enough. enough. <clears throat> and so now you actually have this uh, conflict among your crew members, where it's like, man, we have been grinding it out, barely getting away with our lives from this shit, just trying to make it inches when we have to go miles. Yeah, not even guaranteed then, to get home. Really, not even guaranteed 7 at yeah. full full light speed or whatever it's 75 years for them yep. to get home. And so then when you show the lowest point that they can be at and present them with the option to choose to have the highest point that they could possibly be at and everybody chooses to stick together, then that ending works. Yeah. Then it yep. then it means something because you know Jane weighs at the Jane just trying to keep everybody together. She's just trying to all she wants to do is get everybody home. And every time she loses somebody, it's a, it's a fucking uh, yeah. devastating to her. Yeah. And so to see that at the end, where she expects everybody to just jump ship, to have nobody leave, I think that would make it a really impactful ending. But the way they play it here, it's just like, who wants to stay behind and get ice? Nobody wants to get ice cream. Okay, let's just go home. Yeah. You know, it's just it doesn't it doesn't have any have any punch or weight
0: to it. Yeah. I'd agree. I mean, there is a potential ending there where the, the this the decision that the crew makes is poignant and actually does bring them all together as a family. It It's the you know, it, it's just another addition to the whole the unseen city and the underselling of what kind of place this is when it's just like. They don't really. It's very hard for them to make a convincing case as to why anyone would stay at the same time. Like it seems like yeah. the ultimate, the ultimate's in like a sort of wishy-washy decision that you're just going to do it. They they just don't have time to get into why anyone would want to stay or what you would abandon or what the the cost of people leaving would be. It's just too bad. Like when Ch- when
1: Chakotay's like, "Listen, Janeway, I love that this place has free strip clubs, <laughs> and I love that the I love that you can drink as much booze as you want and never get drunk. And I love <laughs> that everything is gold plated. But you know what I love more? The Arizona desert.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Portakote. <Chakotay>. Cote. <laughs> 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 there's, there's, there's someone who'd pop into uh, pop their head into frame and say, you know, this place has an Arizona desert too, and it's like, you know, I'm I'm just gonna actually stay here if you don't mind. Yeah. This thing's better. Yeah. The thirty sevens. Is the first episode of the second season of Star Trek Voyager? We just got done talking about it. Thanks everybody for listening to the show. If you enjoyed the content, you can support the show at Patreon.com/slash ThePenskyFile. I feel like I haven't done the spiel in in months, but yeah. Patreon.com/slash ThePenskyFile is the place you go to support the show. A couple of dollars a month, you get extra stuff, extra podcasts, all that good stuff. And as always, Captain Tier supporters get a special shout out. Special thank you to Ben Douglas, Stark Latif, Andrew Charlock, Joint Mango, Christian Pouch, Kyle Barrett, Mike Burnett, Matt Ross, Michael Pond, Matt Cutler, Nick Sergi, Sean, Brandon Howells, Bradley Killens, Fall 13 Hero, Dwayne Hackett, Kevin Ray, Jordan Cooper, Russell O. Stephen Minton, HH28, Darth Moss, Eric Zajac, Paul Roscoe, Jake123, Patrick Siba, Dave Davies, Pagan, Point XG, Barry Wallace, Jimmy Crow, Captain Brazen, Eric St. Juan, Jakey's Gamer, William Shysler, Raymond Jafford, Nick the Rat. Zane Majors, Olivier Pardue, Grapple, John Zorn, Tom Hickey, uh, Captain McBunchausen, James McLennan, Tommy Tango, Jonas, Tuvix Mustai, Diz Admiral Nakamura, Clef, Edmark Starr, Chris McLaughlin. Next page says, Royo, Jeremy Boudreau, Jeremy Boudreau, J-Man, Alec DeWolf, The Undiscovered Mugato, Robbie Duffield, Will Clay, Atanga Udom, Otorius, Zaylan Maru, and Jaron Hatch. Thanks, everybody, for supporting the show. Now we'll go to Patreon comments. There's a whole bunch of them for this one, and I appreciate everyone who uh, – a lot of these are shorter comments, which I appreciate when they are so long. But the 37s from our patrons at patreon.com slash the Penske file. Taxel Bear says the 37s, a missed opportunity to add a new member to the crew. There's your point, Clay.
1: Yeah. Amelia Earhart's navigator.
0: How can I... Hold on a second. There we go. <clears throat> what the hell is happening here? Sorry, I'm trying to control left. The little box. One, the navigator wouldn't have been good. The... um the black farmer would have been an yeah. addition the the japanese military officer would have been another i addition. you know honestly what what
1: my favorite part about this though was that that black farmer who probably on earth in the 30s had a terrible fucking life yep for for a number of reasons was just like this place is fucking awesome <laughs> and uh, there's so much <laughs> land that i could farm and everybody's nice to each other here. <laughs> I'm not going back to Earth. I'm staying here. Are you kidding me?
0: <laughs> Janeway has a, a hard argument to uh to make with that guy. Yeah, they all stay, right? That's another weird thing. Like yeah, the thirty sevens yeah. all just decide to stay on the planet. Um I get. there's room in that concept too. Like there's a room of um sort of like conservatism not not like buying into the progress of the future, you know? Although the, they say that this city is like a futuristic well, uh, yeah, they, great they, equate it,
1: they equate it pretty much to whatever the, the, the modern
0: modern Earth modern society earth. is like. Yeah. Calbert says, The 37s, I'm willing to buy that everyone recognizes the truck for what it is when it's floating in space, yet they don't know what gasoline is. And Janeway intimately being familiar with Amelia, er, Amelia Earhart, but Paris saying, There must be something here called a key, as if key. keys yeah. in any form don't exist in the 23rd <laughs> century. It is just stupid. As is Janeway's new superpower of identifying specific animal dung by smell alone, like some sort of Hannibal Lecter of shit, landing the ship is very much Voyager's version of the saucer separation from TNG. It wastes a lot of time in an episode that needs all the time it can get. I enjoy this one. It's good fun, if a bit generic, but I would cut the whole hostage situation and get to the will-they-stay-or-will-they-go drama at the end a lot quicker. That should have been the core of the episode, but there's so little time to explore the decision, and the fact no one wants to leave is unbelievable and boring three bowls of culturally appropriate foodstuffs for the japanese man out of five
1: that saucer section thing is so funny because yeah. it's like imagine being in the room when they pitch that and they're like and then and then they go to the battle bridge and they separate the saucer on the ship the most identifiable part of the ship everybody loves it <laughs> separates <laughs> from the body of the ship and they're like oh yeah cool why saves well, lives saves um, lives I'm not. I'm. I, it looks cool. I mean, it's it's cool, right? They yep. got a battle bridge. All right, what's the battle bridge look like? Well, imagine the ship without the saucer section, <laughs>
0: and it's dark cool. and on the bridge. Just yeah. there's no lights. They wanted to do that every single time the ship got into combat. They were going to do that sequence. It
1: takes like 25 minutes. Yeah, I know they it's would have crazy. been blown to pieces. Yeah,
0: it's 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 a little bit silly. It's a it's one of those weird things where. It makes sense more in reality than it does in the context context of the show. You know, mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. like we put all the civilians onto the saucer section and leave them behind, and then this thing goes off and fights. But it just
1: doesn't work that way. It would have been better if it looked cool, like if the re- remainder of the ship looks cool, but it it really doesn't. It, Which part doesn't
0: kinda... the, the star drive, like the the warp engine part? You're talking about, yeah the about? the body the yeah. body of the ship does not look. If it
1: looked like a cooler, like sleeker fighting machine, that would be cool. But yeah. But it doesn't. It just looks like a an enterprise without a head.
0: Yeah, it looks like you know, when they um when you get like by like a raw turkey or something, like when they cut the head off, it kinda of has that little flap that just hangs mm-hmm. off. It. it looks like looks like that. Mm-hmm. Clef says the thirty sevens, the season begins with a groan as a pickup is found far from home. It's touching when the crew stays, but at the end of the day, Jane Wayne knows horse manure by sense alone. Three cryostasis pods out of five. I do also like the
1: idea that when they when these aliens kidnapped these people four hundred years ago, um, they just like dumped the truck into the sp- into space. I, yeah, I didn't I even, guess.
0: I didn't even keep thinking. So, and why was the SOS still going? Too at that point. Yeah, because the
1: SOS was powered by alien tech. Alien tech. So was it the
0: people from the city Were they? keeping it going but they don't want to be rescued do they they want to stay there no i don't think so yeah it, it, none of that made any none of that made any sense it was, it's yeah. one of those uh tos type moments the changeling says the episode comes off as really rushed and unfocused first the plot is about a mystery then it's an alien attack and then they will they won't they will they won't they stay dilemma and really no one wanted off the ship also it's tackleberry you didn't expect him to pull a gun one under the podium blowjob out of five. Under the podium blowjob? <laughs> what I reference is that? I
1: don't understand that reference.
0: Maybe, maybe something's happening with changeling. As that as might, as is right that a police academy reference? Oh, that it feels like be, it might it be a police be, academy yeah. reference. <laughs> Brent May says, the 37s, when Janeway scanned the bed of the pickup truck, she said, I think you'll find that's manure. Horse manure, if I'm not mistaken. That sums up the episode. Not sure why they went back to the neutral zone cryogenic well, but they did. Two landing struts out of five. She should have tasted it, yeah, really getting really really good in another um another decent comedy beat from uh Tuvok when the the uh, the truck is running. He's like, can we increase the ventilation so we don't all asphyxiate I don't, it's yes. not a great line, but it's like it's a very good Tuvok line. Cerulio says, This episode is so very stupid, but it's one of my favorite guilty pleasure episodes right up there with the Space Lincoln and the Space Irish. I guess if you want me to like a bad episode, start with some lighthearted tone, optimistic portrayal of human nature and some people from the 20th century. What is it with aliens kidnapping humans for slave labor, only for the humans to immediately take over after a slave revolt? I wouldn't be surprised if the continual watering down of the Borg is one day revealed to be a result of too many humans being assimilated, and they're just taking over control of the collective in yet another successful revolt. Three out of five. We live to, uh, we live for a rebellion. Point extra G says the thirty-sevens. I remember the TV ads at the time telling us two things in this one. One, Amelia Earhart, and two, she'd be played by NYPD Blues' Shannon Lawrence, which was apparently a big deal at the time. Earhart is a gimmick stuck onto a stock sci-fi plot. Humans from Earth's past freeing themselves from alien captives has been seen all over sci-fi and other Trek shows. This one adds the unique wrinkle with Voyager's premise and how much of the crew will want to stay here. I don't know if I buy no one from the Voyager staying, but the shot uh, shot of the empty cargo bay is pretty impactful. Aaron Million said... Go ahead. it isn't it isn't like it's the empty the empty sick bag yeah the there.
1: yeah the, i don't know it's i get it, it works but at the same time i was thinking like that's a pretty goofy shot yes of a very okay. dumpy looking cargo bag it, it's
0: it's a i i think what's weird about it to me is that I guess I don't even know the... Were the people who were going to leave were supposed to be there so she could say goodbye to them or something like that? Yeah. Like, it it feels weirdly dismissive of the captain to not sort of show up and tell her you're not going. Does that make any sense? Like, I I, I was expecting a fake out where everyone's kind of there and she's like, oh, shit, the whole crew is leaving. And then, like, we've decided to stay. And she goes, oh, you guys, you, you, you fooled me.
1: Yeah, I was expecting something like that, too because uh, it is that does feel i mean i don't know that would probably p- be pretty cheesy but uh it would be any um, cheesier
0: than what they it's a sort of reverse cheese or something on what they did
1: i i wish he, they had opened the door and they have that moment where janeway recognizes that no one has shown up and chakotay goes oh shoot it was cargo bay two now it's over here <laughs> I did. I did really like them walking through the halls, speculating on who was going to leave. Though I thought that was yeah. Funny.
0: Baxter. I, I bet Baxter has a Wikipedia or a memory alpha entry, and someone else. Um, Baxter you know just what? makes me think of the fly. I Go bet ahead.
1: Baxter would have left, but I, I bet he did. I bet he forgot to. Nobody told him. Yeah, he seems like the kind of guy who's like really focused on his work. <laughs> Never got the message. He he was asleep during that that general announcement from the captain, and when he finds out. In about six months, he's going to be really mad.
0: Should have, it should have ended with just, a, they're like, oh, and what if McDonald leaves? And like, yeah, fuck that guy. He sucks. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it's, I hope he's off. Aaron Million says, how can a rusty old truck from the 30s still exist, let alone start in 2371? Makes no sense. Also, I have a difficult time believing that nobody from the crew, not a single person, decides to stay on the planet. I was especially disappointed that Tom Paris didn't want to stay. It did really make me think of asking myself, what would I have done? two rusty old trucks out of five
1: does could you argue that the well no i guess because i was gonna say could you argue that space would preserve preserve the truck truck? i i think
0: it would i well yes and yes and no i guess it's not gonna it's not gonna disintegrate but i don't know I think there's also
1: that problem, like which is why they have to constantly keep fixing stuff on the space stations, isn't it? Like I, because there's no gravity, everything is constantly pulling away from each other, no matter how tight you like put a tighten a screw or something. So oh, I always thought, yeah,
0: yeah, it, it could be. It's just sort of like my, my fear of what happens when you get in a plane that the bolts are just <laughs> yes, rattling exactly. loose. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I always thought it was um, stuff like dust is extremely dangerous because of the speeds that it's traveling at and so if it oh, hits yeah. things it can just it just sort of like penetrates through whatever it's doing yeah. or something like that i don't know i don't even dust know why and, the truck is in space in dust the episode and potato, potato chips and ants uh we read aaron's comment picard's flute says the 37s tom paris knowing everything about this truck Antique vehicles are a hobby of mine. Catherine Janeway knows horse manure from sight and smell. Manure <laughs> is a hobby of mine.
1: I, you know, how do you feel about, obviously this makes sense given the era in which the show was made, but like, how do you feel about, when I'm sure we've talked about this before, everybody on these Star Trek shows always having like an affinity for mid 20th century bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Just, just because it's a reference point that the writers have. Yes, and so they can
0: art doesn't continue past this point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I mean, I guess to be fair, there was a third world war that yep. maybe wiped it all took, out. Yeah, yeah, took culture off the off the board for a while. Um, and I'm not convinced that the Fe, F, the Federation era has any real culture. It feels pretty pretty dry to yep. me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> like, I don't think
0: the trombone uh, music is the the yeah. height of culture. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I don't think anybody's out there like really pushing the envelope with you know theater or something. You no, know? no.
0: <laughs> um, they, Beverly, Beverly good, Crusher that was her that was her hobby. One of the seventeen hobbies that they gave her was she was a, a uh, playwright, but I guess it didn't go anywhere.
1: They got good gumbo though, or whatever uh, Cisco's yep. dad made at yep. his
0: place. Uh, but
1: yeah, like I, I you know I I'm on the record with really hating that scene with the the Corvette from two two thousand nine Star Trek. Right. Yeah. But oddly enough, I didn't really mind this. I think because it's not, I think the circumstances are a little bit different, but I don't know. This didn't bother me that much, but I do find it, I find it kind of weird and, you know, silly if you're looking at it realistically that everybody on these shows is always like, yes, mid 20th century or something like that.
0: Yeah. And it's also, it's always earth centric, you know? They, yes, they don't yeah. run into anything that's from 400 years ago from Vulcan and like they you know Tuvok wants to talk about how it, how to start it and stuff like that never yeah. happened it's
1: always it's i mean it's because the show is made in America it's yes. always american stuff too it's yep. it's never it's never like oh yes the the films of Jean-Luc Godard it's, no it's never that shit it's always universal horror <laughs> movies from the 50s <laughs> or from the
0: 30s we don't have any Hyundai uh pickups or anything just floating around in here carrying bags of rice (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) like if paris was didn't understand didn't know what a 1937 truck looked like but he was like i i was really into drift culture for a while
0: yeah yeah there's has there ever been a has there ever been a case where the joke is on the crew but the audience is aware of what the totem is does that make sense so like Sure. Has there ever um, I wonder if there's ever been an episode where the crew can't identify something, but you as the audience member know exactly what it is and it's some sort of like joke on what they found. Oh, know? I don't know. Yeah. I mean the I guess
1: the the first thing that pops into my head is when Scotty tries to use the mouse on the computer. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's in, uh, probably the closest. Star Trek yeah. Yeah.
0: Four. Just to speak into it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Use it like a communicator. Yeah. <laughs> maybe my that's maybe that's what it it, I guess that would be the movie that would do that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 Latte Librarian says, Having Janeway, the first woman captain to helm a Star Trek show meet Amelia Earhart, was a nice story. It gave a sense of progress on the female explorers passing the torch. The native human uniforms were very stupid and had terrible helmets. The biggest issue was calling a time period that was only 400 years ago ancient Earth. Three stupid-looking helmets out of five. I don't know why they were Velcro. It was, that was a crazy yeah. combat decision to have your all they had left
1: All they had <laughs> left in the costume room was just
0: 14 yards of Velcro. <laughs> Benjamin Espinosa says, 37s, kind of fun, makes zero sense. Why was a truck floating in space with an SOS signal on? And why were eight folks frozen in stasis, but 300 people brought from Earth were enslaved? At least we know what happened to them. Am- okay, well, before we get into this, where did all the, the offspring come from? Are they offspring of those original 37s? Yes. So, the, so uh, those people were, th- all, were all bred and created like a population of slave I, I labor? I think so. Yes. Okay. The episode didn't want to touch on that at all, I no, guess. No, I, I don't remember how many people were in sta- it was so, Oh, they said yeah, a so lot I of guess... them broke, right? A lot of the stasis chambers broke on them. This was the only well, one that was Well, there's still
1: working. Yeah, there was only, there was only one room that still had people in it. All of the other stasis chambers were empty. Oh. Okay. So I don't I don't know if that means that the rest of them were taken out and bred. In which case, like, how how diverse of a society can you right. have if you've got like fifteen to twenty five people? Do,
0: you, do we know the original n number of people who made this right, society? Exactly. <laughs> it would be funny if the was like, "Wow, that city was amazing, but those inbred people was yeah. just horrific. That was awful. It's just uh, the, the the kid from yeah. Deliverance or whatever." Um. Where did he, yeah. So I don't. I don't. Yeah, they didn't touch on that, but it seems important. At least we know what happened to Amelia Earhart. The captain's dilemma in the last ten minutes was the most interesting. Was surprised no one stayed. It would have been a good time to offload some dead weight. Neelix, two flasks of four hundred year old whiskey out of five. Norman Buckwell says, in a way, this episode is probably most important in establishing Tom Paris's love for the 20th century, and while we may not know what a key is, it does add positive attributes to his character. Granted, you will not see it much until the third season. Given that, as awesome as it was to see Tom challenged with landing the ship, it's undercut as to who lands the ship at the end of the second season. The Invisible Cities, I guess, were not tempting even to the most skeptical of the crew. Finally, this episode is very hard to buy because, of course, Amelia Earhart would have flown back with the crew easily. She would not have stayed on the planet. She yearns to fly. Two jumpy Starfleet reactions to engine sounds out of five. Darren Hatch says
1: is, is this technically this is technically a prime directive episode,
0: right? No, they're human. You can't you can't prime directive humans. That's been, Even if humans don't have warp capabilities? I think so. I think that's been established before. Like they, they've they've they found human <clears throat> colonies and they've always decided to talk to them because they're human and it doesn't matter. Ah. It's just one of those loopholes you can just get away with it. Mm. Uh, might be Yaron. Yaron Hatch says a good, if silly, premise gets squandered by lack of focus. Here, the idea of the thirty-sevens is decent enough, but far more interesting. Story involves the human colony and the crew having to decide whether or not to stay. The moment Janeway realizes that the entire crew has decided to stick together would have hit so much harder if this had been the central's the story. The, uh, excuse me, the story's central conflicts from the beginning. Amelia Earhart and landing the ship are fun story bits that otherwise distract the episode's attention from something more interesting. Two and a half, thirty-six, Fords out of five. Grapple, John Zorn. Wouldn't this have been a better episode if the aliens had abducted them? Were still around, maybe as a subjugated race. Also, if it was a Western, maybe Reed would a phaser to Paul to hilarious effect. No, hopefully we'll get to see that episode sometime in the future. That's true. That w- that is that Enterprise episode, right? The Western one. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> brandon hell says janeway knows horse shit when she sees it and so do, so do i <laughs> that should have been the whole review that's a that's a perfect uh, little log Just line. two words shit sandwich <laughs> you
1: can't print that
0: that's who, not real. who wrote that <clears throat> the beginning of tom paris's increasing love affair with the 20th century only two people in the cryostasis are even given names Janeway knows who Amelia Earhart is but doesn't know what a truck is. Apart from not seeing the three beautiful cities that the Descendants of the 37s built, I'm heartily sick of this ancient earth crap. Compare this to North Star on Enterprise, two unseen Briori invaders out of five. So a lot of uh, North Star references, I guess. Because that was humans were abducted and they were from the West and they just created a Wild West. Oh, right. They yeah. never, they never, never moved
1: past 1885.
0: No. Never had a civil war.
1: Never had a reason to uh, to progress. I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's I, it's it's another point. I think we kind of talked about it. But it's like it's kind of unbelievable mm. that a group of humans who were abducted from Earth and brought to an alien planet from 1937 then developed civilization out of that. You know, it's just a
1: yeah. It's, it's a hard thing. I to mean, buy. what they they should have stuck to their Star Trek guns and had the people that show up all be dressed like gangsters yeah (laughs) (laughs) fire with laser powered tommy guns
0: i would have just had the world war ii still going on on this planet for for 400 years or whatever just make it make it a little bit interesting or something yeah was Was it go ahead would would world war ii started at 37 uh the the eastern uh, i mean the japan and germany would have been off doing stuff yeah yeah because 39 is when he
1: invades poland i think right
0: yeah, and when was... I just read the book about the rape of Nan King, and I think that was late 30s. So the Pacific War was happening at that point. Ah, okay. Um, which, I, that was news to me. It was the show making up the fact that Amelia Earhart was... Janeway implies that it's now well-known historically that Earhart was a spy who was... Yeah, I was wondering about that. That was
1: that was a pretty cool detail, but I don't know if it's... Uh, True. True or not?
0: Yeah, I don't I I don't think I ever had, I know that they always were thought that the Japanese had shot her down thinking she was a spy or something like that, but I didn't know if it was actually the case. I don't know. It's weird.
1: I think it is uh, the very quick googling that I'm doing right now. I I think it is part of the the lore that she was shot down by the Japanese.
0: Yes. Uh, you mean it's one of the possible options about what happened to Yes. Her? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I don't think they've ever confirmed it, although I think they found the plane, right? I'm pretty sure they found uh, the plane at some point.
1: Or I feel like every every couple of years they find the plane. Find a piece of something. Yeah. It's like, uh, what's the other one? Uh, oh, Jack the Ripper. I feel like every, every five years someone is like, oh, we found new
0: semen. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't even looking you just can't you can't can help but find it all over the place this this
1: this rag my grandmother kept for two hundred years <laughs>
0: told me never to, to be, watch be fair,
1: it. it was one of many seam encrusted rags we had to go through <laughs> that my grandmother owned. you can't sew it was the oldest them. one. everybody has their hobbies,
0: I guess yeah i uh i always kind of thought it was strange this the, one is from milton burl they, they thought that uh that you'd sort of find her airplane because as i look at the map of the pacific it's mostly water out there there are islands obviously but you have to it's much easier to hit water if your plane goes down than it is to hit land i think
1: yeah i i mean i i think she probably just i i if they haven't found anything i know like we said they kind of talk about it every now and then i would be shocked if they ever did
0: yeah no it's um it would probably be we talk about the truck in space but i would imagine it would be disintegrated at this point and whatever it is Mm. uh let's see here fabian says the 37s every time i saw voyager on tv it seemed to be this episode which was not a very good impression two out of five yeah I i would not be happy if this was the one that was always coming on Artoria says, you know, when you haven't seen a show several times through and you watch the first opening moments of an episode and it triggers a thought inside saying either this is a good one or a bad one, well, this was a boring one. The episode had some fun moments when the 30s crew interacted with the crew of the Voyager, but apart from that, it was very forgettable and boring. It would have been better if it focused on the crew and Earhart wanting to stay or go with Voyager. Earhart flying through space with Voyager would have been a great way to start the season. A very forgettable episode. Two rusty old cars filled with manure out of five.
1: I just found a BBC report saying that there's a there's a photograph that some people purport shows that uh she was captured by the Japanese. Yeah. <clears throat> I it's I don't know how this someone in ever.
0: like a Japanese prison camp, I'm assuming. No,
1: it's not it's not even that. It's like a bunch of people hanging out on a dock and oh. they're like this
0: this the back of this person looks like <laughs> Amelia millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Did her navigator take a look at that picture? He's the only person who I imagine would know. He's apparently in it too,
1: but the thing they're focusing on, I, I don't know what what it is. It doesn't look like a person to me. Who knows?
0: But (laughs) yeah, it's going to be one of those unsolved mysteries. Although not super. It's a, uh, it's it's a tough one because maybe maybe it's just such an early version of a missing person story. There's not really an interesting answer. Is the problem right? Like. She either got shot down by the Japanese, was captured, or the plane just crashed. You know, those are the two options, really. So it's not like there's a third, like, I can't believe that this happened kind of option out of all this stuff. I guess Star Trek takes the idea that it's the alien abduction, but it's it's not. You know, in the case of the missing guy I was talking about, like, I'm not going to sit. You know, I've been sitting wondering, like, how could someone... Get out of a building without being seen from it, and like, how how does that happen? Like, what could have possibly gone on that allowed that to happen? And the Earhart thing is not the same.
1: Yeah, well, I've heard that she's actually still alive, and she's going to be the vice presidential nominee in twenty twenty four.
0: Good vote, vote. (laughs) She's got my vote. Although I, I've, I've sworn not to vote for anyone over 70 years old, so maybe it would be tough at this point. <laughs> Matt Ross says, I remember more of the local news stories that a Star Trek starship was going to land on a planet. Must have been a slow news day. That's the 90s for you. The attempt <laughs> to explain Amelia Earhart and Fred Noonan was a nice try, if rather quick. Why was Fred wearing a suit? That's my question, Matt Ross. I did not understand why he was in a suit. Anyway, it's a different despite, time. Despite the fact you that... The, wear, you had to wear a suit to travel
1: on ground, sea, or air back then. There- it wasn't just you show up. You show up to the gate in your flip flops and, you and your Bermuda shorts and your your thrasher sweatshirt. No, you had, you had to you had to you had to wear a suit to get on a plane.
0: In that picture of the Japanese internment camp, was Fred Noonan wearing a suit during that period, or was that is it hard to tell? It's, just uh, it's the hard dock. to tell. Yeah, it's hard to tell. <laughs> I can't really, despite make the out. fact. The humans on the planet did not attempt better communication other than an SOS from an incredibly shiny plane from 1937. It was weird. Good shape. Yeah, it looked good. Yeah, it's, it's got a little bit of uh, fake moss growing on it, but we can clean that off. Never seeing the human settlements was unforgivable to me and made me wonder what they didn't spend the money on. Uh, uh, made me wonder what if they didn't spend that money on the landing strut effects. 2.5 floating pickups out of 5. Only a couple more comments here. Christian Pout says, the premise feels like something pulled straight from TOS, and unfortunately the episode feels like it was made on a TOS budget. There's no focus, and it harms the best part of the story, which is the dilemma of whether or not the crew will choose to stay, and sadly undercuts the nice moments in the cargo bay. Two out of five. Jonas says, it's pretty clear that this is originally intended to be a two-part episode, hinging the first and second seasons. Had it actually been two episodes, we would have seen the settler cities that were so frequently mentioned. A lot, in fact, remains unknown about this episode. Who were the Briori? What did they look like? What species were they? How and why did they choose humans from 1937 to kidnap? Why did they neglect to unfreeze eight of the 300 humans they'd captured? The producers apparently felt the chicken feet on which Voyager lands were inappropriately sized and tried to obscure them in post-production. But the feet (laughs) are all that I can remember. I thought it should have tipped forward if it landed like that. (laughs) It's too front heavy. Yes, yes uh to do concito says the 37s the fact that none of the crew want to leave doesn't much make sense given how antsy some of them are going to be later in the season still it's a nice forgettable season opener three out of five rayo says voyager was intended to be somewhat of a throwback to tos a federation ship on the frontier so having the show's first female captain meet amelia earhart makes a lot of sense in that context unfortunately this episode just doesn't do much with the premise. With the uh, What with the off-screen cities, Voyager's crew not being splintered by one of Aviation's mythic heroes, Janeway's own personal history with Earhart not being all that deep, or Amelia Earhart not joining the crew and replacing Neelix. The sight of cryogenically frozen humans giving me PTSD flashbacks of TNG's neutral zone, but at least this episode wasn't that piss-god-awful. Uh, as piss god awful as that one. Imagine if Reichard said, "Well, from what I've seen of our guests, there's not much to redeem them." Makes one one wonder how our species survived the 20th, 1st century. About Amelia Earhart, I'd never have forgiven Roddenberry. Two out of five. Last comment. Jonathan Moore says, A great episode if you like being told the story, not shown the story. Would have liked to have seen some of the Voyager crew staying on the planet and Voyager picking up a few extra humans. Emotional reveal at the end with the crew staying on board means nothing because we didn't see the things they could have stayed for. Could have been a chance to rotate some crew off and some on or give us an idea that it had happened. There are three missing cities, but this is one missing city out of five. Thanks everybody for your thoughts about that episode called the Thirty Sevens. Support the show at patreon.com slash The to leave your thoughts. Clay, what are you going to give this one on our scale of one to five? Mm, two and a half. Okay, I'll give it a two. Yeah, I, d- yeah. I didn't. Um, I didn't really like it. Uh, it's as you were saying, it wasn't it wasn't like offensive. It wasn't the worst the worst thing I've seen. Uh, I saw Picard season two. It wasn't that bad, but it's like. Uh, it felt, I, I was, I, I think one of the most surprising things is that this was a premiere. And yeah. if I would seen this as a premiere, I would have been f- sort of flabbergasted that this is the episode they chose to lead off the season where everyone is kind of going to be paying attention to it. It's, it, so it's not that good. And it was basically what I'm trying to say. It's not, it's not, if you have a couple options, it seems like one of the the last choices you would make would be to show this one as a premiere. So I'm going to give it a two out of five because I think it has some serious problems in it. That's it. The 37s is over. Emil Earhart is still missing. Uh, Patreon.com slash the Penske if you want to support the show. Otherwise, that's it. Voyager continues. You can get all the Strange New Worlds coverage, you can get Picard Season 2 on Patreon. All that stuff. And uh, otherwise, the Discord, if you want to join there. So that's it. That. Clay, do you have anything you want to say as we wrap this one up?
1: Uh, you can also find on the Patreon Amanda and I as coverage of the Stephen King Second String movies. Uh, this month, June, we're doing Christine, which I'm excited about because I've never seen it. It's one of the few John Carpenter movies I've never seen. Uh, and also my, uh, my, my Batman comic, uh, Batman... White Knight, <laughs> Batman colon White Knight colon Red Hood uh, comes out next month in July, that mm-hmm. I co-wrote with uh, Sean uh, from my co-host from Badass Podcast. So, if you would like to help support us, go to your nearest comic store next month and just buy every single copy they have. And uh, I don't, you know, if you buy them, if you buy like ten of them and you burn nine of them. That last one is worth nine times as much as it was when you first bought it. So, that's my, my understanding of how collecting works. So,
0: the libraries of these mythical cities in this episode are just filled with that book, and everyone's yes. extremely happy about it. You guys can check it out, find them where they're sold, buy them, take a picture of you with your five copies of it, and uh, tweet it to Clay. And that's yes, it.
1: Absolutely, do that.
0: And we are done. I think. It's getting, Keep your clothes on, though. It's good i was just about to talk about how warm it's getting in this room but i guess it was just inappropriately timed thanks everybody for listening i forget what the next episode is i think it's initiations or something like that but i just closed the window i can't tell you thanks for listening to the show hope you enjoyed the second season opener of star trek voyager and we'll be back next week see ya